Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. This podcast is dedicated to the aspiring writer and artist, and will provide inspiration and tips from top professionals in the field. If you've been listening to this podcast or are new to it, I thank you very much. I would also appreciate if you took a moment to follow it on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. I also have to let you know that our latest volume of Elwin Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future is now available in bookstores throughout the U.S., Canada, the U.K., South Africa, and Australia, as well as through all major online retailers. For this interview, I'm visiting the Ringling College of Art and Design located in Sarasota, Florida. The reason is simple. We've had several winners from Ringling, Jasmine Richardson in 2018, Mariah Salinas in 2021, our grand prize winner Zane Lodi in 2022, and most recently in 2023, Helen Yi. I was very fortunate to be able to meet up with and interview two professors at Ringling, James Martin and Dominic Avant. They have provided some great tips for aspiring artists pursuing a career in the arts, as well as insight in how it is they have created such a successful program. I was also fortunate enough to receive a tour of the campus by Associate Vice President and Dean of Undergraduate Studies of Ringling College, Jeff Schwartz. Ringling College has about 1,800 undergraduate students, 20% being international, and offers 13 degree programs. It is the only institution in Florida dedicated exclusively to teaching art and design. Many of their programs are ranked among the best in the nation, including computer animation, motion design, and game art. And after speaking with the dean and the two professors and witnessing their incredible pride that exuded from all of them, I can certainly see why the school is ranked among the best. So let's get started. Okay, today I am here with James Martin. He's a professor of illustration in the illustration department. He's been an illustrator mostly in the movie industry, worked on movies like Titanic. Um, our acquaintance was established a little over a year ago as the uh, professor who taught Zane Lodi, our grand prize winner for volume 38. And we're very excited to be able to uh, be here and have an opportunity to, to speak with James. So hello, James. Hi, glad to be here. So um, I guess, first of all, about uh, Ringling, because we've got, I think, five years or five winners over the past several years from Ringling College, and um, no other school has that, that level of, uh, of winners for us, which we're really proud of. We've gone over with you the roster of some of our right. judges, past and present. So um, a little bit about, like, from your perspective, what makes – Ringling such a standout school? Well, uh, I guess I have a unique um, perspective on it as I, I, I was able to teach at, at many other colleges in LA and uh, in online as well. Uh, and I used to go to, uh, I used to teach at Art Center and uh, Laguna College. And uh, I think the biggest difference between uh, between this school and others is that a lot of the faculty are, are full time. Uh, in fact, it's almost inverted. It's almost like 90% of the, uh, of the faculty at our school are, are full-time, where if you go to Art Center or CalArts or something, it's probably the reverse. There, a lot of them are, are part-time faculty. Right. So uh, there's a lot more involvement from the faculty. Uh, and so uh, I think it, it creates a more unified curriculum. Uh, 
and uh, more more involvement from the uh, from the instructors. So that's that's the biggest uh, difference, and I think also the the, the quality of uh, the instruction. I mean, I think it, it rivals any for sure anything in the United States uh, as far as the quality of the painting department and drawing. I can only speak to illustration, and of course, uh, the computer animation department's rated uh, number one in, in the world. So. Wow. Yeah. So now yourself, obviously the, the instructors here are the best of the best. So, and I glanced lightly over your past on your introduction, but a little bit more about, you know, you came up the ranks. Um, I don't know if you started like Michelangelo cleaning brushes for <laughs> someone else, but you know how you moved up. Well, uh, I had, uh, I was lucky to have, uh, uh, we had a gate program in uh, Garden Grove, where I grew up in uh, Southern uh, California, uh, kind of gifted and talented. And, and I was able to take art classes and I was able to study uh, figure drawing when I was in high school from uh, from life. And that was unusual. And uh, that kind of got me on my path. And my high school teacher got me uh, into Art Center at night so I could drive out there. Uh, I was in Garden Grove and Pasadena, it was about an hour. Mm -hmm. So I used to go there at night during high school as well. And again, working on my figure drawing and, and drawing in general and painting a little bit. And uh, then I went right into uh, uh, Art Center when I got out of uh, high school. So then Art Center, and you were there for how many years? It's four years. Yeah. You can do it shorter. Uh, you, can, you can take all summers, but I took a few summers off and studied at another school as well. So then you just went... Now, in terms of, because the people who listen to this podcast are aspiring writers and artists, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then a lot of others too, evidently. But then in terms of the aspiring illustrator, because I've gotten this from several of our judges, don't get locked on just one form of art. Is that the truth? Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess if there's anything that um, personifies my career, or what I have is I've done just, just about everything from... Uh, you know, I did uh, posters and billboards, uh, you know, that were up right near your, your building there on mm -hmm. Hollywood Boulevard from Power Rangers to, to all that. And I worked in storyboards. Neil Adams is a famous comic book artist. And I did uh, finished illustrations. And then I worked uh, doing traditional map paintings for live action motion pictures and then digital map paintings. Now I'm doing pinup art and I did a career in landscape painting, plein air painting from life. Uh, so I've done a little of everything. So I, I agree. I think, you know, the foundation of all that is, is your drawing abilities and, and, and abilities to communicate visually and to be able to adapt. And I think I learned that at Disney because, uh, we had to adapt to a lot of different styles. Uh, right. every, every film was a, a different style. So you had to, uh, maybe don't not do what your strength is and, 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 and learn a new skill or a new way of seeing the world. So you got, you got good at uh, adapting to different styles. Yeah. Cause I've, I've had Craig Elliott as a guest before mm -hmm. on this. And Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he was in his studio when we were doing the interview and just all, he, he makes the 3d renderings mm -hmm. of the stuff before he goes sure. in and, and sketches, make sure he gets the right detail and stuff like that. So um, Zane, was really big on 3D. He liked doing the yeah. 3D modeling and sketching and stuff like that. So is that something that's really vital for, I've seen like for movies? Yeah, um, it's really per, uh, permeates all uh, aspects of visual arts right now, uh, 3D skills, you know, it's, it's another tool in the box that uh, 
uh, you need to be versed in. Uh, and and Zane, uh, I encouraged him to to use uh, use it particularly for lighting setups to do an illustration as as reference. So uh, we still, you know, uh, at the school, you can learn that at, at, at Ringling, obviously, but we also uh, emphasize the the fundamentals as well. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's another tool in the box, right? So. Right it's very useful but again the 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 structure that holds everything together is the traditional skills of drawing and painting and design which then begs the current hot topic of art and creative writing and a big part of the strike in hollywood is ai yeah so we've added a rules we've modified the rules for the contest that we can't you can't use ai mm-hmm. art or ai storytelling how do you see that rolling out? Well, I, I, you know, I, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a contentious issue even among faculty. So uh, it, it, I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. All I know is it's going to be, it's going to be a, a game changer, more than photography or anything else. It's going to be completely different. Um, I think it's a powerful tool. I think also though, you, you got to make sure that uh, creators rights are, are protected. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, it's such a powerful tool that I think you need to keep it out of the hands of uh, students uh, just coming up. I think it's 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 something that can be used, but I think as as you're more advanced and understand uh, the power of it, and I think it's going to uh, I think it's going to affect illustration generally very, uh, especially in the mid levels, pretty pretty drastically. Uh, I, I I can't say how yet, but it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be earth shaking yeah i mean that seems to be very much a a general agreement Mm -hmm. but then there's the prediction of like you know you can take a look at over the years new developments okay that's the end of Mm -hmm. you know the number of times that publishing was going to be yeah out of out of out of business and then it comes in either reinvents itself or it's funny right now with with the current like gen z books are becoming I because agree. They, they grew up on devices. Now they, they want they to be like able to it. hold a book and absolutely. Since since the advent of of computer animation and three D and maybe even AI, I think uh, while I've used these tools as as a professional in the industry on my own, I don't at all. I don't touch the computer now, mm-hmm. and uh, my work I think uh, looks different because of that and has a uniqueness that I, I agree. I think I don't think that traditional hand. Uh, made uh, art is ever going to go away. In fact, I think it, it's going to make this even more valuable. I'm more worried about people that lean on on just the technology for their art. I think it's going to make you a dime a dozen, unfortunately, because yeah. the level of of art that's coming out uh, from somebody that really doesn't have a lot of skills uh, is quite amazing. Uh, but uh, so it, it's it, it's a dangerous area. We I've talked to a friend of, uh, about it, and it's kind of. We talked about, you know, it could be, you know, how do you see technology? Is it, is it like a da- da- data from Star Trek and the friendly robot, or is it, you know, how from, you know, I think, yeah, I think, a, I yeah. think it really depends on your your viewpoint. I think you can kind of speaking in science fiction terms, you have uh, the Roddenberry group and you got the Kubrick group, and I tend to be on the Kubrick brain uh, on this, and that I think eventually, uh, unless it's it's really uh, guarded very carefully. It, the genie's going to be out of the bottle, I think, and I'm not sure if we can eat, we can put it back in now. So it's hard. I don't know how. The more I look into like getting lawsuits and, and trying to control the use of the imagery, I, it's it seems like it's 
you know, the, the, the cure may be worse than the disease, you know, uh, very much could be, but I think it's going to be a, a thing where you're always going to have those who want the real deal. Like just, we were talking before we started this interview about Frazetta, you know, yeah. and just sold his most recent, he's just sent, he beat his own record. Yeah. Uh, I think it was $6.2 million yeah. for an original Frazetta. Yeah. You can find Frazettas everywhere. We, we have seven Frazettas that, that mm-hmm. we own that he painted yeah. covers for, for us mm-hmm. and for Owen Hubbard. And it was, um, we have these lit, signed lithographs, number yeah. lithographs that we sell. And they'll, you know, we do well with them. But you take a look at other people, they just, you, know, you have the little prints, because we also sell these prints for like $10 a piece, mm-hmm. you know, those sell really well too. So you've got all different levels of, of appreciators of art. And when I was in college, I didn't have money. I used to go and buy the, the posters for a couple right, bucks right. and put them in my room and turn on my black light and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and enjoy right, seeing right. that stuff. No way would I do that anymore, but that's where I was back then. So I think it's never going to fully go away with, with illustrators that feature competition. We have, um, we also have it so that if there's any question about how the art was derived, we can ask for the files, you know, the Photoshop yeah. files and see, mm-hmm. let me see the earlier files on yeah. these iterations. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's at least, uh, in instruction, I think that's where we're, we'll be heading. You know, we're going to, we're going to want to see more of those iterations and, and the thought processes behind, uh, yeah. images. So now, um, you're a very successful artist and you've been an, an illustrator um, judge for many years as well. So what types of, of tips or suggestions would you have for someone who's aspiring to be an artist, you know, what to do, you know, cautionary tales, anything like that? Well, um, I guess uh, early on, it's just draw, 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 draw what you like, you know, draw what you enjoy. Um, I would say uh, draw less out of your head from a lot of what I see is a lot of people, young people draw out of their head and use digital technology too early. Uh, not that you can't do that, but uh, when you're drawing out of your head, you're drawing from either something you've observed or your knowledge. And when you're young, you don't have a lot of either, either. of those things that okay. you've seen a lot of the world. So uh, my point is a lot of master copies, drawing still life, drawing your friends, drawing shoes, drawing whatever, everything around you, the natural world and, uh, and lit, I think would be the, the best way to learn when you're just starting out. And then of course, uh, I think an art school, you know, I, uh, I think you can get a good education without an art school, but it, I, I think it's pretty, uh, for me, it's rare. Usually the stuff I see when they, people tell me I'm self-educated, it's usually not good. I mean, I mean, nine times out of 10, it's, it's pretty poor. So it's, it's one of the few industries where people are proud of that because I don't want to go to a doctor who's self-educated and I don't want to do it. So I, I don't really understand the pride in that. And I don't know if anybody really is self-educated anymore because there's so much uh, material on the internet um, yeah. and you got books. So, you know, you have Loomis and, and, and all these great, uh, instructor instructionals and schmidt and all those people so there's the, that's another uh, a way of uh, honing your skills and then after that you're still into it and you you, you want to do this more than anything in the world go to a good art school um and i say more than anything in the world because um it's very very expensive good art school and so you better want to do it more than anything in the world because uh it's it's kind of it's not a it's not a career it's more of a lifestyle and an obsession if you want to if you want to create on the highest levels yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you say art school as compared to going to university of state. Well, that's that's a possible, you know, it, it, again, you got to look, 
when I look at schools, look at the faculty. That's the first thing you do. So there's some very good ones, and uh, uh, but still, you're probably going to find the, the the highest quality faculty in a school that specializes in art yeah. uh, alone, but not always. So I, uh, you know, it's a provider. Just because you pay more doesn't mean uh, you you, you get better. no, absolutely not. So uh, look at the faculty. That that's that's really the uh, the key thing. But you know, going to an art school right now is is a um, you know, it's a quarter of a million dollar proposition or hundreds of thousands to go to somebody like uh, someplace like. Uh, Art Center, Ringling, and these. So uh, you need to choose wisely. Uh, I think another thing we have at our school is the pre-college program, which uh, gets people in high school. They can come for a week or two and uh, see what it's like to have a college experience. They live there in the dorms. That's a great idea if you're interested yeah. in a school too. Oh, that's really good. So, so they go through just regular admissions at Ringling. Yeah, just go mm -hmm. to Ringling College and just yeah, and you you can go to any college. Not all of them have this, but Ringling has a very good one, and uh, you can. Uh, you, you'll live there. You'll have the same instructors that teach in the in the day program. Unlike a, some schools, they get bringing other instructors. So ours is the same instructors, and many of my uh, best students from pre college um, were uh, students in uh, became students at Ringling later, and and usually some of the the better ones. You know, you get you get students from all over the world to that pre college. So you get a very you know you get the very best of every high school. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 a deep pool all of a sudden, and you realize you can get an idea what what the what the uh, competition's like out there. And it's, so it's a great experience for a fraction of the cost. Of it. Oh, that's good. Now I'm just curious. One last area here because I ran into this when I interviewed um, Larry Elmore. Mm -hmm. You know, he was showing some. He says, "Oh yeah." That's an Elmore rock. Mm -hmm. And he said, what do you mean, Elmore? Because your rocks never look like rocks. They always look like what you do there. So yeah. he spent, and I thought of this question based on what you said, you need to just draw real life things, draw this, draw that, you know, in real life. Mm -hmm. He never sat down and really studied rocks, you know, because he's got all his dragons, which he's amazing. Sure, with and, sure. But, and trees and leaves and bark, but he'd never really done rocks. So he went, he just studied and studied and painted and painted. And then finally he got, it wasn't no longer, he was no longer doing Elmore Rocks. Have you had a, a similar thing where you just kind of, this is how I do that until you realize well, I hadn't really studied it, like you were talking about other things? I think, uh, I think it's important. There's two things are important, right? Go with your strengths and also work on your weaknesses. And it's like sometimes you can go a little bit too hard on one or the other. And when I was a, uh, a movie poster artist, uh, I loved uh, the figure. So I was always drawing the figure and stuff, but like, architectural stuff, ellipses, mechanical things, not so much. So uh, I ended up getting a better handle in, in uh, perspective by actually landscape painting because I, I, I have horizon line, you have structures within mm -hmm. it. So it was a way of, of working on my uh, weaknesses. And so now I guess I'm going back to my strengths because I'm mostly drawing the figure again. But uh, yeah, it, it's important to uh, break out of your comfort zone and, and you get, in the end, as a teacher, you know, the, the, the best thing you can give to your students is the ability to be an autodidact or to teach yourself, you know. So mm -hmm. uh, once I'm not there, I tell them it's like you're going to have to teach yourself and you're going to have to have, A, the, uh, the motivation to be able to do it. And you have to have your, your ship pointing in the right direction. I mean, that's all I can do as a, as a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it, in the end, it's up to you. Right. You know, you're not going to have your teachers around your whole life. So. And then I guess one more question just came up again now is, um, which will probably happen two or three more times in this interview. So on social media or what would an artist do 
to get themselves out there. You've got attending conventions and events. You've got having, you know, the various uh, art station or other social uh, sites that you can yeah. be part of. What would you suggest they do once they've got themselves a, a proper basic, you know, here's how I can paint, this is how I can draw to, to be able to show? Well, uh, the first part of that equation, I think, is the most important. You know, uh, I always think of this. I show my students this interview with Steve Martin uh, with, I think it was David Letterman. He's asked, you know, how does people break into the industry? And and uh, Steve Martin goes into this thing. He's like, well, you know, everybody talks about where do you get your headshots done and what, what comedy clubs did you go to? And he's like, first and foremost, you, you, have, you have to make your art at such a level that people can't ignore you. So I guess that's the first thing. I know it's a little depressing to say that because it's a very high bar, but literally you can, you don't get me wrong. I think there's some people that are very good at um, maybe not pretty good artists, but it had a very good marketing that lifted right. themselves up. But I think uh, first of all, get your skills in order and, and they have to be at a high level and they have to be, they don't have to be good. They have to be exceptional in my opinion. Uh, after that though. Yeah. You, you've got to, it's a full-time part of your job and you got to not, my day isn't separated from social media and advertising. It's all kind of woven into the day. So you, you're, 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 your CFO, you know, your CEO and your, 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 your publicity, your, your lawyer, your, all those things rolled into one. I don't think uh, some people, especially if you didn't go to art school are going to realize all that. Mm -hmm. So a, a lot of your day is going to be dealing with all those things. It's not awful to me because it, it's so um, interwoven throughout my art and throughout the day. So it's a creative, I think it can be a creative process just as much as the art, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but don't overestimate it. And don't be a, one thing I didn't do when I was younger very well is you don't be afraid to toot your own horn, especially now because there's so many horns blowing. You better blow loud and don't assume that everybody's seen your post or whatever, because they probably haven't. There's just right. so much. So you, you've got to push yourself uh, uh, very hard. In the old days, you can get an agent and stuff, but now it's, it's, the two, the, those that can get an agent probably now don't need one. So right. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of always how it is, I yeah. think. So, um, yeah. And then on portfolios, are you one that recommends having a cross, you know, here I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Um, when you go in and see someone or is it something like, okay, I'm going to go to Disney now. So I'm going to have what I can do that aligns with Disney style of art and not do DC well, or yeah, it's it's a complicated uh, question because I mean, at Disney, especially in visual development, sort of like the last thing Disney wants to look at is your princess drawings or your because <laughs> guess what we already do that and we do it better than anybody else. So they want to see what what different you're going to bring to the table. So I guess my point is, you know, always do your strengths. Don't just show uh, some. Maybe you're a good vehicle designer and you have some princesses or some women in your profile that are okay. Uh, but you show them just because you think that's go with your strengths. And, and I agree you need to, to bifurcate or, or section out your, your books. So they, uh, they, uh, you don't confuse your audience. You know, if you're going right. to Mattel, you're, you're, you're going to show certain types of art. If you go to uh, the movie industry, you're sure certain types of art publishing. So uh, be aware of your audience and don't confuse them and only, only, only show your best work. Don't show something that you think is okay just because it's in the genre. Better to show something that's outside of the genre that's excellent than something within the genre where people are like, ah, your dragons aren't very good. And we, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, 
always show your best work, but, 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 but target it. Sure. You can cut up your portfolio into little sections and your websites for that matter, or your Instagrams, et cetera. Good. Well, this has been, um, what I was hoping it would be, it has become on this interview. Good. This is great. Cause it, I said, this is for aspiring illustrators. Now, when Ellen Hubbard created the contest for Rise of the Future, he had a whole book they'd written, he'd written on art or a bunch of essays on art, mm-hmm. on composition, color depth, art integration, just all the different aspects of it. And that's used as part of the, uh, the workshop. But are you, are you familiar at all with, with Hubbard as, a, as an yes, artist or an author? So. Uh, as an author, not an artist so much so. You've read any of his? I have Dianetics, you know, of course, yeah. and and uh, of course, since I was in Hollywood area, I was I, I've seen a lot of the the, the books and and the Frazetta uh, paintings, of course, yeah. and the uh, the prints. Yeah, we've got this. When he came out, this was in the early '90s. He he arrived because <clears throat> he was one of our judges for the mm-hmm. Illustrators of the Future contest, and he um, did an interview, which is now up on our YouTube page. It's, I think it's the only video interview that exists of and there's a lot of interviews with his audio, audio. and then paintings, you know, uh-huh. That's cool. but this is actually him in his tuxedo talking you know, in front of the painting that he just revealed at the, at the event there. Yeah. That's amazing. Anyway, well, thank you very much. And um, I look forward to, to speaking with My two pleasure. other colleagues and put together this, uh, this interview and any last thing you'd like to say or any, well, how does somebody contact then either you because you are obviously a very much an active artist? Yeah. I mean, well, I have my uh, my Instagram, jmartin underscore studio and jamesmartinstudio.com you know, if you want to see the art. And uh, uh, you can contact me anything about uh, Ringling as well. And uh, any questions you have, you know, I always have young people contact me every couple days and uh, sometimes they'll send me work and stuff and that's fun. And, and maybe give them a little advice. Uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be, uh, it's going to be straight from <laughs> the heart. So uh, get geared up because it's going to be truthful. And, and that's what that's what we do as, as teachers, right? You got to tell the honest truth. So absolutely. Yes. Great. Well, thank you very much. Sure. Thank you. Okay. Now we're here with Dominic Avant. He's a, um, an amazing illustrator artist who I originally met an ABC TV news piece with Zane Lodi, and we wanted to be able to meet him. Now that we're out here in uh, Florida, having come out for the uh, Tampa Comic Con, um, he majored in illustration art at Rhode Island School of Design. He then went into movie animation with Disney. He worked on feature films, including Mulan, which is just amazing. Uh, he then has been a fine artist uh, the past 10 years. He's been teaching at Ringling College for 17 years. So um, welcome, Dominic. Thank you. So on the, um, the reason why we're out here is obviously because we had an opportunity being, being close to Sarasota to come to this school. But for the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast, we got inspiring writers and inspiring artists. And I'm interested in being able to provide, you know, ideas and tips and and what you've got to offer um, as encouragement, as well as sometimes there's the uh, cautionary tales that are important for people to to know as well. So a little bit about your your past and what led you to coming here to um, Ringling. Oh, gosh, my my past is like, as you kind of briefed on, is very vast. I go from, you know, started out as an illustrator, ventured into 
the animation movie industry. And now in the last 10 years, primarily as a fine artist. Um, so, but a lot of it is so intertwined and it's all the same thing. A lot of times, you know, really advocating those principles about having clear focal points, staging, pushing poses, and just narrative, you know, story, we're visual storytellers. And whether I was illustrating or working in the animation industry, or even now what I do now, um, it's all very heavily story driven, you know? So, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so did you start off, you came out of your mom's womb with a <laughs> pen in your hand and, or how'd that, you know, as as early as I can consciously remember, I I believe I was my early, what I remember. I think I was about four years old, and I I remember drawing on the walls and getting in trouble, you know, <laughs> with the crayons. And all all right, and uh, yeah. So I I think it's early. It, I always stood out as the artist, you know, whether it was in elementary school, high school, whatever. Yeah. So good. All right. So, because one thing I found from a lot of writers and artists is like, you can't not do art. Yeah, I've, I've, I've gone little sabbaticals here and there where I ventured into sports and all that. And, but it always seems to find, pull me right back in. And I realize like, this isn't going anywhere. And it's, it's also part, it's part of my soul. You know, yeah. it's like, it's one of those things where you, it's, it's so intertwined part of you that, uh, yeah. So once you learn to embrace it and just accept it and just totally be immersed in it, that's where really special things happen. Yeah. So on um, Ringling, what makes, from your perspective, what makes Ringling so special? We've had five winners in the last almost five years. Uh, we had Helen Yee this year. We had Zane Lodi last year. Um, so what, from your perspective, makes Ringling so special? I think there's a number of components here, everything from the faculty. I think the the synergy that we have with the faculty, like I think about some of the few faculty that I work with here, we'll do open sessions, we'll collaborate, we're working, we're drawing together, we're always talking and immersed in art, you know, we're, and that comes through uh, to the students as well. And students see that, they feel yeah. that energy when they come here, there's a certain energy here and they know. And also they also see what we're doing actively. Like I'm not like this guy retired 10 years ago. I used to do this, but I'm, you could look up my work right now and you can see I'm just at Sotheby's in New York showcasing work. Um, so um, we're actively doing it and you can see my work firsthand that I'm also executing the things that I'm advocating. I'm not just, talking the talk, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and I think it was all faculty here. It's a great family, I think. Um, and that just reflects and comes out with the students. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. So now you were one of uh, Zane's teachers. Yes. Yeah. So what, from your perspective, I mean, he was a grand prize winner. He was brilliant. His, his ability to create so much depth in, uh, in illustration was just one of the things that I know that won the, the judges over but that he was able to, to do so much and he likes the 3D, he works 3D, but then that yeah, translated very well. What, from your perspective, made him so special? He's, he's a joy to work with, really. I mean, as, as, as they, you have your students that, um, like Zane, that 
you know, yeah, they, they're talented, obviously. Yeah. But they bring more to the table. They have this personality that's easy to work with. They take direction extremely well. And at some certain points, like when we were really jiving, working back and forth together, working well, it almost becomes like telepathy. It really does because um, as I'm throwing things at him, he's grabbing and he's executing. And uh, at the same time, his like I said, his personality is so pleasant to work with. You can't help but to root for people like that. I mean, mm -hmm. people that are just, they're just pleasant to work with. And there's no big egos involved. There's no nonsense. And, you know, I, I, I still remember I told Zane that, um, you know, sky's the limit. And I laughed because years ago when a professor told me that when I was in school, I was like, I oh, just trying to make him feel good, you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I realized later that he was right. I mean, once you have these certain principles, like, all right, you're, you're naturally a good designer. You can draw your butt off and your, your sense of color theory. Yet all these things are coming together. It's just a matter of your passion. I mean, holding on to that and you're going to go places mm -hmm. really, you know, some really special places. And I, I told Zane that, and I, I just honestly felt that in my heart. And that's why when it manifested, I was just like, wow. I, I was telling you, I was so extremely busy when they uh, asked me to do that interview first when he won the award. And, um, but I said, okay, I'll find a way to, to uh, in and out of meetings, I just jumped in there and did a quick, you know, mm -hmm. cause you know, I, I don't mind bending over backwards for students that are remarkable like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's such a hard worker too. Yes. That's one of the things too. He, yeah. He'll work himself sick. You yes. know, he's just not sleep, not sleeping. And he's just like, uh, so run down. Yeah. And to see that, like that tenacity in a student, if anything, those kind of students, every once in a while, I have to just tap them on the shoulder and just tell them to ease up a little bit, you know, um, because they will, they will grind it to the point where they're completely wiped out and exhausted. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's beautiful because they want it that bad, but at the same time we are human beings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now he was, cause Tom Wood, one of our judges just immediately was impressed with him just to an extent that he said he introduced him to his, some of his lines that people that he works for. And he started working for them doing, um, toys and stuff for for animation and stuff like that so he started doing that and then we came to see him this weekend as part of this the comic-con we found he's in san diego uh -huh. doing uh game design you know yes so um i mean it's great seeing he's, he's doing so much there so now anything you can advise in terms of cautionary tales for artists um I know I've talked to very I've talked to a lot of artists, a lot of our judges and stuff like that. And you know, I know sometimes they get into like don't get stuck in one thing. Be able, you know, diversify and spread yourself and being able to do lots of things and don't say no. To say, you know, when someone asks you, can you do this? Sometimes it's better to say yes and go figure it out than saying no and, and being a prima donna. Any those are some of the things that people have talked about, but any other stuff that you can Gosh, nothing really jumps off at me. Um, I'm just trying to think of like in my in hindsight <laughs> all the all the trials that I've been through, um, things that um but I, I like the one that, you know, as far as not putting all your eggs in one basket, meaning not completely because I felt like I 
when I was coming up, I was, I, you know, I had it maybe three different areas that would be juggling around. And um, I don't know, I look at my work now and you could look at my work and you say, well, you're, you're very diverse, Dominic, you know? And so, but that's what I, I don't know. It, it's just, I guess all of us as, uh, as artists, your work will kind of reflect your personality kind of reflects in your work, you know? And with me, that's how it comes through. Sometimes there's certain genres that I'll, I'll love, but then I, I need a break from it. I need to just do something else. And, you know, um, you know, you know, whether I'm just want to go off and just do some landscapes and, but as of lately, I'm highly known for all these figurative pieces and been asked to do these pretty large commissions, um, actually through Disney. So, um, yeah, it's just, that's just how diverse I am. But I also realize with students too, I realize with their personalities, I kind of gauge them and kind of stir them, which I know what's mm -hmm. best suited for them, you know? Yeah. So on um, one of the things that's happening right now, which has got everything in a tizzy, is AI. Oh gosh! And uh, um, I mean, we changed the rules on our in, on our illustrators of the feature contest. No AI art is allowed. And if there's a question, the judges can ask for um, the earlier files. You know, and one of the create to prove that it really was the artist that created and not a computer. Nice. So, what's your take on? the value of AR, because apparently when we spoke earlier with um, James, he said there's mixed feelings at, at the college here on, on AI. Yeah, well, they they decided to implement it in the curriculum this year, right? If I'm correct, that's yeah, what I was told. I just, I'm not on board right now, no. Yeah. Um, I It's pretty, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll admit that, yeah, I was saying, I, I, they did get the wow factor for me in the beginning, but there is also a sense of like where things just feel a little too formulated all the same. And yeah. And I, I just, I, I don't feel like enough of that individuality yet from it. I just feel like, mm -hmm. okay, another AI piece of art, you know? And, um, and I know people are saying, Oh, technology is going to capitalize on that and they'll improve it. Fine. But right now where we are, I'm, just yeah you know. yeah i'm and i've talked to a lot of people about it over the mm -hmm. last you know couple of months and uh it's like every time something new comes out and maybe this is going to be revolutionary beyond anything else that's been revolutionary before but the number of times that publishing was going to die yeah you know every, every new thing okay that's the end of books okay that's the end of books i mean ebooks oh that's the end of books and now you've got gen z are going back to reading books because mm -hmm. they've lived all their life on their devices. And I just want to read a book. Yes. Yeah, so we yeah. sell a lot of books now to the young, young people. Yeah. And it's, you know, um, I think there's always going to be people that want to have the real thing. They want to see the real painting and feel that the texture. Yeah. And that's how I am. And, um, I guess it's one of the reasons why I'm still a fine artist. Um, but it's funny that because all that, that makes, the fine art, great. I'm always injecting that into my students with their 3D art, you know, the computer. So, and, and I think Zane's a perfect example of that. He's pushing those principles and that's why people are getting the wow factor from his work. Yeah. And one of the strong things we have here at Ringling, we really push a lot early on that direct observation, but also those 
principles and knowing those rules before you just start breaking them, you know, then later on, you really, then you're really, you know, um, everything that you're doing is really intentional and, and, it, and it's, but well, you know what you're doing. Yeah. You know what you're doing. Cause you know, there's so many, <laughs> yeah, we can go on and on and, and find plenty of work where obviously people don't know, but, um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying to create these fantastic worlds that have a sense of believability and you have to bring in real physics and, you know, how light affects objects. Those things don't, you know, just disappear. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that, those are the things when they do implement that, that that's what makes their work great. You know, even though the work is very phantasmic and in and, and the fantasy realm, um, they still have to have a believability. Yeah. Yeah. So now with, um, with students, what challenges do you see that artists of the future are facing that they're going to need to deal with that you've experienced now as people are coming through Ringling here? What challenges? I think it's just that finding, making sure that, you know, you, you integrate the two together, that balance between, you know, what you're doing with the direct observational and then coming over here in the 3D world and making a perfect marriage, you know, making sure that you're retaining enough of that and injecting it into the digital. Um, I think that's, that's always a, a, a challenge mm -hmm. for the students. And I think that's probably always going to be a challenge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So now this Zane won this contest called the, uh, illustrators of the future. And it's, um, well, this is year 39. We're almost done with year 40 right now. Wow. What kind of familiarity do you have with the Illustrators of the Future or Writers of the Future competitions? I but believe it or not, I really don't have much. No, I don't. Um, so we've had several winners from your I know, that's school. what's crazy. And Zane was the like the uh, but I in all honesty, I wasn't teaching an illustration for that long. I, I'd only been here, I think this is my fifth year. Um Zane, when I had Zane, was maybe my second year. Uh -huh. So all of it uh, was fairly new to me, yeah. and it all kind of just fell on my lap. But I was like, this is great. I love it. Um, yeah, because yeah, this year we had – and here we got Helen Yee, which is another student from Ringling. It's it's amazing. I'm just um, – I'm, I'm yeah, I'm loving the fact that so many names – you dropped so yeah. many names from Ringling. I, that's beautiful. It's that really gives, good. Yeah, yeah it's um, – yeah. Because what's going to be good on this thing is we're going to get this thing posted and get this shared. But the original intent when Owen Hubbard created this contest back in 1983, wow. and the first book came out in 85, uh, we hired artists to do, to do the original illustrations mm -hmm. of the winning stories. And after a few years into it, then Kelly Freeze, Frank Kelly Freeze, um, became our first illustrating coordinating judge mm -hmm. and brought in other people. Um, I think you saw some of the different people that we've had as as our you know judges, but some of the first judges we had Ed Cartier, and we had uh, Leo and Diane Dillon, and H. R. Van Dongen, Will Eisner, Frank Frazetta. Oh, a lot of heavyweights in there. <laughs> yeah, Paul Lair, Jack Kirby. Um, we had uh, Gary Meyer, and see there was um, yeah those are all of our, our initial illustrator judges. Wow, and. Um, it's just amazing what it has done for, you know, the, just for illustration, for art, where these guys will bring on board their own um, 
people, their own, you know, their own contacts and stuff that mm -hmm. they had. And um, yeah, so he created his contest and it's every year, 12 new winners. And this year in, in volume 39, we had winners from nine different countries. Wow. We had our first illustrator winners from Costa Rica. And then from, um, we had from Romania, our first time winner from Romania. We had China, we had Vietnam, Korea, of course, Canada, the United States. But they're just from all over the the world. You know, we get yeah, these, that's amazing. Because the way it works is the judging is is done blind. So all the judges see is the three pieces of art they have to submit and a number. Uh -huh. so they have no idea of the age, nationality, ethnic, anything. No, it's just the art. So it it levels the playing field, and there's no preconceived. It's got to be this kind of art. You know, yeah. it's got to be something that would work for a Disney studio. You uh -huh. know, so you see. Chinese art's way different than yeah. Korean is different than, yeah. you know, the European than American, you know, it's just all mm -hmm. kinds of art you'll see there, but it's just, you know, the creativity, which is what's really being looked for on this, which is just awesome that you can have that. And just everybody is free to enter the contest. Yeah. The winners are flown out to Hollywood. All 12 writers and 12 illustrators are flown to Hollywood. Mr. Hubbard pays, paid for that as part of his endowment. It enables, you know, anybody have that opportunity to um, be discovered. And our two winners, we had two winners from Costa Rica. It was, we've never had anything from Costa Rica. We had two winners. One of them is to become a total rock star in Costa Rica because it's almost like a national hero because it's yeah. an international contest. And um, he's done every major national television. He was a guest, one of the major guests at the Costa Rica Comic Con because this year's keynote speaker at our, at our gala event owns several comic cons in the u.s so he mm. called his counterpart in costa rica introduced him to chris arias so he went in there and then he was just seen so now he's now he's doing um he's asked for eight or nine pages of illustrations for dark horse they want to test him out as as being a an artist for them nice so it's just great and that's that's what this contest does you know and so that's where we're so happy that we have, you know, Ringling is such a major resource, evidently, for the contest. And uh, inadvertently on your part, but... That's amazing. That's amazing that it's, you know, you're pulling in from all those areas. And the fact that we've had so many pulled from Ringling is just, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. And we have no clue because the judges have no clue. Yeah. You know, all yeah. this is the number and the art, you yeah. know. So it's just strictly by the... It's, it's a true meritocracy. That's great. I mean, I didn't know all that. And when you broke it down to me now, that that even made me get more excited. I'm like, wow, that's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. Because yeah. we had uh, Gary Meyer was one of our judges. He passed away a few years ago. He was one of the teachers in um, Pasadena at the uh, Art Institute there. Wow. Yeah. So he'd been there for a long time. Yes. Yeah. But um, it's just like, what is this wrangling? What is this wrangling? What is this wrangling? That's nice. That's nice. I'm glad we're we're get we're getting placed on the map with a lot of different. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of things right now. It's great. You know, and um, every year when they rattle off all the awards and the achievements that the school is making, I'm just kind of like, wow, this is this is yeah, pretty nice. It's a good time for uh, for ringing right now. It is. Yeah, yeah it's good. Now. What tips or advice do you have? If someone says, okay, I want to be an artist. What would be some of your tips or advice for somebody getting started? Maybe they're not ready for an art school like Ringling, but 
you know, we also try to just encourage, that was the whole purpose of why Mr. Mm-hmm. created the contest competition in the first place was to provide a helping hand and to encourage. You know, the worst yes, that's going to happen yeah. is someone enters a contest, yeah. they get an email saying, thank you very much, please submit again. They're not yeah. going to get any judging, it's just straight, please submit again. Wow. Um, for me, I, I always, I need to find my, uh, like a support group. Like, I think uh, if you're not around artists or people who are setting these goals and trying to move forward, um, it's easy to kind of go down any road where before you know it, you're like, I haven't done any art in quite some time. Yeah. But for me, it was very important to be around um, people likewise and just finding that support system. Um, I think that's vital. Um, so it's, I know it's much more difficult if you were not in an institution like this. I, that's why I'm a lot of that, what I'm just rattling off is such a core part of what we have here, yeah. you know? Um, but you're saying if you were out there and you were an aspiring artist, artist yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely still go. And there's, there's a lot of different groups that you could find, whether in your, you know, um, I'm just trying to think of some of the, um, you know, even around here, like the Sarasota um, art group or, or I don't know, I'm just trying to think of like something that, you know, that, uh, but that goes back to that supportive niche. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's, to me, it, it was vital for me. And I, I just see so many students that even when they're in school, it's easy for them to kind of get, go stray and go down, you know, and get distracted and uh, lose focus and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, what about, um, and it seems to be a curve when people start, they emulate their favorite artists. They try to, you know, it just gets them into doing something. And mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything wrong with that particularly. It's just, it's, you got fan fiction for writers and you got other people that like to draw Superman or all yes. these, you do that fan art yep. you see there, which I don't know that anything's wrong with that unless you just get stuck in it, then that's, that's a problem. But any particular things like when we spoke with James, he was talking about also do real art, you know, just do sketch objects, shoes and here's an apple and here's a, this and there's that. just going back to that direct observation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That. And, but what you said also prior to that with like copying uh, the masters or copying uh, artists that you really admire, I think that's really an important component as well mm-hmm. um because i think about like, once again i'm just looking at my myself and sure that's what i did i was copying and um to the point where when i got in college of course it was obvious that i had been copying a lot <laughs> and the instructors were like all right you've got to capture more of what is going up like when we had the model on the stage and and you want more of a, a traditional classical approach and you're, She's not Wonder Woman. Yes. They're, they're, it's no longer, you know, stop making everyone a comic book hero. Um, so, yeah, that that was really, you know, where it was a big eye opener because I thought I was up to that point. I thought I was drawing really well. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's it's definitely a combination of the two. And then somewhere in there, you will find your 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 um, your vision right. come through. Yeah. Now, you've got. Um, I think we haven't really, that hasn't come up very much, but like do it until you get your vision, you know, because you're just, you're emulating, emulating, emulating. And then you're just trying to do my assignment, do my assignment, do my 
my Chopin etudes, you know, before mm -hmm, you can actually mm -hmm. get your own style on the piano or so how long does that take or does it, does it just kind of get vary from person to person? It varies from person to person. And as an instructor, when you see it, you definitely, you make big note of it and you tell the student like right there, don't try to stray away from you, you're on to something really special something this is this is you this is unique you know right and i see it in a class of like a lot of times when there's 20 students and probably by about week eight they can throw their work on the wall and i don't need their names on it i can actually rattle up because i can see their signature their vision coming through right and that's it is pretty neat because at the same time maybe the assignment that was you know based more direct observational you would think they would all be like Xerox copies, but no, everybody has their signet unique way of doing it. And that's very special, you know? Yeah. And I always make note of that um, as an instructor and I encourage that and I try to be as supportive as I can possibly can because some of those, as, as some of those styles develop, you know, and I think about Zane, you know, yeah. um, I knew what he was doing was special and I just kept saying, yeah, just keep any, and his response was always, but how do I get better? I want to get better. And it was just kind of like, <laughs> it'll come. You're, you're on the right path. You're doing yeah. good, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Good. So I guess that's the value of a good art school to take that. And where you've got teachers who've been there and done it themselves yeah. and now can actually with experience and with knowledge and be able to tell the student, okay, keep going here. No, don't do that. And so as compared to, now I'm self-taught, yeah. you know, which. Yeah, it's, it's, you definitely, you know, I talk uh, uh, you know, on the street, a lot of times different people, when they find out I'm an artist, they'll say, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't afford school. How, what do you, you know, recommend? And, and I, I tell them to draw as much as they can. I, I always tell them that over and over. Uh, but back to being in the school uh, classroom environment, it's kind of neat kind of living through students vicariously because you've been through all of those plateaus. So your answers, you can articulate that much better because you, this, each time you've gone through that plateau, there's something that's ingrained in you that um, nobody can ever take away. And that's very special because that's, you, you, you offer a lot to the students right yeah. there. And at the same time, going back to what we were talking about before, recognizing that when they establish in their vision that that unique, what makes them unique, really, really, you know, take note of that and support support that, you know. I think those yeah. are all crucial, important components. And what I think so far, obviously, Ringling's been doing a good job. Absolutely. And now I've got to wrap this up here because it just this went so fast. <laughs> which, you know, um, any particular piece last piece of advice that you can offer to an aspiring artist or to sum up what you've already said as the most important piece of advice oh i don't really i, I think it's just all all really important you know even everything from copying other artists and i don't really that that to me i think about all the takeaways every time i copied from like a comic book to velasquez the great painter um what I took away from that is so vital, but then also just getting out there and doing that direct observation and drawing enough and finding your voice as an artist, you know, that's really, really important. 
Um, but you have to do all of it. You really right. do. Yeah. Okay, good. So you obviously sell a lot of art yourself. Yes. How does somebody find you on whatever social or on the website? Um, I'm not the best with social media, but art station or um you could go dominicavant.com is my website and but you could go you'll see me on instagram but i i need to post much more too but um yeah a lot of times people just find me through believe it or not through like um different venues whether i was like this this magazine is artists and illustrators this is bright this is out of england out of the uk you know so they did an extensive article on me and this over here is an interior design magazine they like my painting so there's so many different avenues wow. i showcased and through that and social media and also i mentioned i was at sotheby's in new york this month so there's ways people are being exposed to my work and uh but uh, dominicavant.com though is your website. is my my website yeah good yeah that's been awesome thank you so very much for this thank you john it's been nice uh, uh and it's beautiful and hopefully we can keep it up here at Ringling. Well, that's part of why we're doing this. <laughs> okay. Great. Thank you. Great. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Writers of the Future podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We've also been syndicated on the United Public Radio Network where you can find these podcasts as well. Writers of the Future series can be purchased wherever books are sold in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia, and South Africa, and available everywhere via Amazon.com. We are especially appreciative of our sponsor, Carnation, for supporting this podcast. Carnation has been making delicious milk products for over a century and is still going strong. Writers and illustrators of the future are contests created by Elrond Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy.